0: Welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Well, it's great to be with you tonight. And uh, as Tony mentioned, uh, I want to share a message which is um, close to my heart. I've been in ministry now close to 20 years. And I know what you're thinking. Gee, you must have started when you were 10. Thank you. No, you weren't thinking that. Just me thinking that. All right. I was thinking that. But one of the things I've discovered in ministry, one of the things I find stops people dead in their tracks is offense. I have seen offense take people out. I don't literally mean offense get up off its railings and take someone out. I mean a fence, a grudge, something that we have harboured. I've seen cars take fences out, but anyway. So a fence, I have seen ruin people's lives. I've seen people who have had their preferred destiny, their preferred future interrupted. I've seen people who have been on the brink of breakthrough and really desiring to see change in their life or breakthrough in circumstances or situations, and offences just come in and cut them off at the knees. I've seen people even to the point of healing. I'm not saying that God can't heal. God wants to and does heal. But I've seen people limit the effectiveness of God in their life because of an offence that they've carried. And the last two weeks, Paul has been sharing with us about offence. And tonight I just wanted to continue in that vein and in that theme. And I want to speak to us a message which I've called The Offended Woman. And I'm going to look at a story of a woman In the Bible, who carried an offence, and we're going to quickly look at it and just see what we can learn from that. So if you've got your Bibles with you, your iPads, your iPhones, your iPods, wherever, even the paper kind of Bible, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 6, read from verses 17 to 28. If you don't have a Bible with you, then it will come up on the screen at the back there. So Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 17. Says, for Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for all his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath. Whatever you ask, I'll give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what should I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried to the king with the request. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oath and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl and she gave it to her mother. A man spoke the truth and lost his head because a woman carried an offence. And the first thing I want us to recognise or realise from this story... And want us to be able to take home tonight. The so first thing we have to realize is offenses will come. They just will come. Paul mentioned last week, uh, Luke 17, verse 1, Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. The great news is tonight that sometime, somewhere, someplace, someone is bound to offend you. Unless you live on a deserted island, and you know what? You'll probably get offended because nobody bothered to try and look for you. But the good news is tonight that offences are bound to come. Things that are going to cause offence in your life and in my life are bound to come. Jesus said it. They're bound to come. Offence actually is unavoidable. Whether it's offence like we read here about its self-inflicted offence, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is actually, you know what? Herod and Herodias were in the wrong. John said, It is unlawful for you, Herod, to be married to your brother Philip's wife. This wasn't a man who just didn't like Herod or Herodias. This wasn't a man who had an axe to grind. This was a man, you've got to put yourself in the story and think, here's a man who I would say lovingly, because it goes on further to say that Herod was intrigued by this man. He liked this man. He might not have liked what he had to say, but intrinsically, he liked this man. So here's a man who has the courage to stand up and say, actually, guys, what you're doing's not good. It's not helpful. A man who had courage to say, hey, this is not right. And right then and there, this couple had an opportunity to go, wow, thanks for caring. Wow, thanks for having my best interest at heart. Wow, thanks for having the courage to step up and say something. But what happens? It says that the woman Herodias nursed a grudge. And I don't know who you are here tonight. And I don't know what's happened in your life, but possibly somebody has sidled up to you and said, you know what, that little habit, that little character trait, that thing you do, That's really not helpful. And you've had the opportunity to go, wow, thanks for caring. Thanks for thinking enough of me to be able to stand up and step up and say something. Or you have the opportunity to go, who do you think you are? You can be a Herodias and say, oi, I don't like the fact that you said that. Offence and things that cause you to stumble are coming your way. They are unavoidable, whether they're self-inflicted, as in the case in this story, or what about if they're just the fact of doing life? The fact that if offences are going to come and things that cause us to stumble are on our way, just being alive means I'm going to be offended by something. Possibly you woke up this morning, you're flicking through your Instagram, and suddenly all your followers seem to be at this party. And you're like, follow them, follow them, follow them. Everybody's at this party except me. Suddenly, offence rises because you feel I've been left out. Or somebody was rude to you. We don't understand or realise that possibly there was something going on, they were in a hurry, whatever, they brushed you aside. I can't tell you the number of times people have had an offence at me. That was your chance to go, oh, really? (laughs) I know, it's hard to believe. But you know what? Most of you would know, I probably can't see past the third row. I can't even see the faces on the first row, defined, without my glasses. Now, I wear my glasses to drive because I have to. I wear them to watch movies because I like to see. But other than that, <laughs> I really don't wear my glasses. So I have been known to totally ignore people. Not because I'm trying to ignore them or not. I just clearly have not seen them. I have been at the village shopping centre and I have just walked past people. I have seen, you know, they'd be going like this. I, I cannot see faces. And people have taken offence Because they have thought, you know what? She's ignored me. She's walked past me. She saw me. She hid. And I am telling you right now, I just did not see you. When I say I didn't see you, I literally did not see you. I mean, Karen Runyo, a couple of weeks ago, came up to me in the foyer. She says to me, is that so-and-so over there? I was like, Kaz, you're asking me. I can't even. I said, my father-in-law's there. I know it's him because of his uh, sandals and socks. But other than that, I don't know. So... And that's just an example of how you can offend somebody. All right. So what am I saying? I'm saying offences are coming our way. They are unavoidable, they are out of our control. A lot of those offences are out of our control. But how we respond to an offence, ta-ta, is in our control, all right? So the offence coming my way, I cannot do anything about, but how I respond to that offence is completely in my control. And that's what I wanna be able to share with us tonight. So here are some facts that are gonna shine some light on offences and uh, help us to respond better in the future. So in verse 19, it says that Herodias nursed a grudge. And I've got my little friend here. This is baby Sydney. And the picture and the imagery used here in the Bible, in in this account, is a picture of nursing a baby. So I've got Sydney here, and I've got my bottle here. So you know what? When you get a newborn, they eat, sleep, poo, (laughs) eat, sleep, poo. They really are pretty hopeless and helpless. And unless we care and tend for them, they will not survive. And the imagery used here is that Herodias nursed a grudge. And so we, I call this baby Sydney because that's what Geordie named her 13 years ago. But we could call this baby, if we're thinking of it in terms of a grudge, of he shouldn't have said that to me. Or who do they think they are that they could approach me on that issue? Or who do they think they are that they could uh, stand up to me or I could call it um, Kath didn't see me at the shop, or I could call it Kath picked on my socks and sandals, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. But this is it's supposed to be an imagery of this. And so here's this baby, which would be helpless if I didn't care for it, if I didn't feed it, if I didn't love it and nurture it and tend for it. But the problem is what we do is we treat our grudges the same way. We treat our grudges like this. So we've got our grudge of, she. who does she think she is? She doesn't like me. She did this. I'll show her. Like this. We're feeding it. We're treating it like a child. And do you know what happens when you care and tender and nurture a, tri- a child? Gross. And so many people I sit with in counselling and they say to me, but I've tried this and I've tried that and what's not happening and I'm trying to overcome this. And it's like, you know what? You've nursed that offence. And so you're saying to me, but I'm doing this. And I'm saying, but by mere fact that you have nursed it, you've fed it, you've cared for it, you've tended for it, it's grown. It is attached to you. It's part of who you are. It has grown. And so offences can be nursed second thing I've learnt about offences is that offences can destroy. In verse 19, further on, it goes on to say that not only did Herodias nurse a grudge, it said, and she wanted to kill him. Offence is irrational. Now you might sit there and say, because that goes on to say that Herodias wanted him dead. She so didn't like what he said. She wanted to destroy the man. She wanted to erase him. She wanted him to have not only no impact or influence or effect in her life, she just wanted him gone. And you might sit there and say, well, I've never really wanted anyone dead. You know, I've never thought that. But have you ever murdered someone's character? Ever assassinated their name? Have you ever done something that, okay, so I haven't in my I can technically get my way around it that I haven't wanted them dead, but you've done enough to instill some sort of a negative thought and feed around their name, their personality. Offences can destroy. I have seen relationships been destroyed because of an offence. I've seen people leave churches, family, because of why? Because an offence. Offense, offense. Destroys. Peter, as I said in my opening, I've seen people's preferred future. Ho- I've seen hopes. I've seen um, potential. You know, things usually you can look at people and see that they've got amazing potential. There's gifts and there's talents, and they're wired in such a way that you can just see they're going to come and do amazing things. But offense has got in. They've nursed their offense, and offense has destroyed. It's destroyed their hope either hope in humanity, you see in marriages and marriage breakdown, then then become uh, men and women who then have lost hope in marriage. Offence destroys. An offence destroys. An offence wants to destroy you and it wants to destroy us. The third thing we learn about an offence is offences can be passed on. In verse 21, it says, Finally, the opportune time came. Do you know that the enemy will create an opportune time? The enemy will create a door for you to express your grudge and to pass it on. Rightly here, maybe for you, there's been an opportunity when someone, maybe a boss, has come alongside you and just said, you know what? Your work ethic just needs a little bit of work. You don't rock up on time, or if you do, it's by the skin of your teeth. You kind of just do enough, not, not over and above. And as soon as there's any opportunity for the leave, you're out of here. Your boss, he's got every right to be able to say, hey, you know what? Are we, this is helpful for you. He's trying to address something in you. And possibly you're sitting in the staff room one day, and guess what? Sally comes in. Sorry, any Sallys out there. Just the first name that popped into my head. Better than Sharon at the conference. So Sally, give Sharon a break. Sally comes in, she sits down at the lunch table and she starts to offload about what the boss has said to her. And here's the thing, you've noticed with Sally for that to be true. And right then, you have an opportunity where you can stand up and say, actually, Sally, I think boss Fred actually has a point. And you can say, you know what? Boss Fred has spoken to me about that issue. And how about we do some things together where we can help each other? Let's be accountable to one another. Let's help each other. Or when we've got an offence that we've nursed and we've fed, because it was boss Fred who spoke that, we won't receive that and we'll be straight in there and we'll be passing on to Sally our offence. Rather than setting Sally free and saying, you know what, I recognise that, I see that what they've spoken to you is truth, hey, let's help. If we're carrying a grudge, nursing an offence, what will speak often? The offence. Rather than going, oh wow, actually, you know what, here's something that we can set us both free if we work this together. We'll let offence rise and we will pass it on. Offences can be passed on. There's always going to be an opportunity for us to be able to pass it on. And I want you to look and see what happened in our story. In verse 23, it says, And he promised, this is Herod after the daughter has danced for him, he promised her with an oath, Whatever you ask, I will give you, up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. And at once the girl hurried into the king with the request. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The sad thing for me, church, and what we need to understand and get over, is the daughter went to someone she thought she could trust. She went to someone to say, hey, I've been presented with this opportunity. This has been, what should I do? And because a woman, and we're using a woman, but it could be a man, had an offence he'd nursed and he wanted it to to destroy. Because of that offence, mum spoke up. And what did she say? She said, I want you to ask for the head of John the Bat. Her offence spoke. And we have opportunity all the time where we can either speak truth or let offence speak. And what you've got to understand, you can clap, I don't know who started to do that. Thanks, Moggy. You know what? The mother was in a position that you and I find ourselves in all the time. She had the perfect opportunity where she could counsel her daughter. Can you imagine? I mean, half the kingdom. I don't know what a kingdom's worth, but $1 billion. I can't even do it. I'm not a very good taker off. What do you call it? Imitator. I don't know what a kingdom's worth. Let's just pick a number. Ten million dollars. It's a small kingdom, okay? It's just the kingdom of Golden Grove. All right. Ten million dollars. She can ask for up to half. That's five million bucks. Think about that. Girls, think about that. That's like outfits, shoes, jewelry. I mean the spa. Can you imagine going to the spa treatments? Like, oh, I'm there now, I can feel the sun right. oh, the massage. I mean, five million bucks she could have. I have to imagine what she could do with that. Boys, cars, houses, boy toys, I don't know, motorbikes, I don't know, bow and arrow things I saw you guys playing with, I don't know, half the kingdom, half the kingdom and here's a woman in a position, here's a person in a position to be able to direct her and guide her and say, hey, girlfriend, do you know what you could do with that? Hey, you know that Feed the Poor program we've been dreaming about? You know that um, the idea we've had about getting involved? You know, you know your chariot's looking a bit old, but if you've got a super duper one, then you could go around and pick up your friends and bring them into the house. You could bring them here. And half the kingdom... But because mummy's got an offence, because us who sometimes represent mum, people who should know better, people that are leaders and mentors and wanting to get, we're wanting to make an impact in this our society. But if we're nursing and holding a grudge, what speaks? The grudge speaks. And we're passing that on. And here's an opportunity for a girl to be able to make a difference in her sphere of influence, to be able to get resource, to be able to come and make an impact. And what speaks? Offence speaks. And offence speaks, says, give me the head. And the scary thing is, the scary thing is when the daughter goes back to the king, it's now no longer on my mum asked me to get. She says, I want the head of John the Baptist. And church, we have to understand when we don't deal with offence, when we nurse offence, it changes our language and we will pass it on we have the opportunity to see uh, the younger generation now we're talking generation but I'm just saying those who come behind us they don't naturally have to be uh, young in age but just those who are new Christians whatever it is but us who have been around for a while we can get a bit jaded oh yeah I've been there done that heard it all seen it got the t-shirt got the DVD got the whatever else you know wait till you get to my age That's the kind of stuff, nursing, because grudges do that. And we stifle half the kingdom. These guys are saying to us, I've just met Jesus. He's changed my life. I can go. And we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll calm down. You'll settle down. So I come half the kingdom. And we we have the responsibility to encourage and push it through and not let grudge get a hold of us and not change their language. She passed on her offence. Her mother's language became hers. It wasn't, I'm asking for my mum. It was, I want. She honestly believed she wanted John the Baptist's head. You've got to read that into the story. She honestly believed. And I'm tired and I get um, it up. I can't think of the word. When I just see people's destinies thwarted because of a Past down a fence, a fence that's not even theirs. But have you? I mean, come on! It's not just me. You've seen it. Yeah. Have you ever been around with kids? It's so funny. You can have kids over, and um, they're playing with their mates. Your your kids' mates are playing, and you, see, you hear the parents through the kids. You know, because like, oh, someone, sorry, doesn't, uh, the election was a classic. We had an election come up. Oh, I was, I can't even remember who it was and I'm not going to dob them in. But I was in some conversation and there was a child and the stuff that came out of them, I was like, how do you even think that stuff? But then you realise they don't. They're just speaking what they've heard. That's the conversation that goes on at home. That was the slagging off of that party or this party or their opinion about this. They, they pick it up from us. We pass on. We pass on offence and church, we've got to get serious with dealing with our offences because that's what we're going to pass on. I don't want to pass on my offence. I want to pass on my faith. I want to pass on my hope. I want to pass on the belief that we can make a difference. I want my natural kids and the kids in this church to think that they can actually make a difference. They can see their friends come into a relationship with Jesus. They can see poverty be attacked. They can see the injustices of this world come. Uh, they can make a difference in that. I don't want them saying, ah, you know what, you'll calm down and soon enough you'll get to be like me and it won't matter. I don't want them being bitter and twisted. I don't want to pass on my offence. And that's what we do when we nurse a grudge. Uh, Offences can be passed on. And finally, offences, here's the good news, because you're probably thinking, oh great, (laughs) tell me something good. (laughs) Offences can be overcome, but this is what it's going to take. This is what I felt God say to me and I shared with the women. Offences can be overcome, but this is what it requires. it's, It's a choice, you and I need to drop the baby. Because the baby represents the grudge, the offence, the hurt, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, whatever it is. It represents the child that you and I were never supposed to carry. That child is a child that we were never supposed to carry. We've nursed it. It's become part of us. We've fed it. We've tended for it. We've cared for it. But it's not the child that God has for you and I. Offence is not what God wants. Yes, it can come. But our responsibility is to let it pass us by. Let it come, but let it go. Don't let it rest here. We need to be people who drop the baby. We need to stop nursing it, stop feeding it, stop caring for it, stop carrying it, stop rehearsing it. Come on, we rehearsed it and rehearsed it and rehearsed, it and then I we'll think about how it went this way and if we could have done this way and this. We need to drop the baby. For us to overcome an offence, it's a choice. I loved what Gay shared if you were here last Sunday night. And you know what? The thing is, we can miss it because of who Gay is and because of how she has so overcome that area. We just think, I have a nice story. But you know what? She said it was a choice for her to forgive what had been done to her. It's a choice for you and I to be able to forgive. It's a choice to forget. It's a choice to let go. It's a choice to move on. It's a choice not to nurse. It's a choice not to wait for an opportune time. It's a choice not to let offence speak. You're all in this situation. You all know you have an opportunity right then and there when they come to you and they're blurting of their offence and you've got an offence in you, you can either speak up or you can say, you know what, stop right there. Let's pray about this. You know what, stop right there. You and I, let's make a pact. We're gonna deal with this together. It's a choice for you to choose not to let offence speak. It's a choice for you to not pass an offence on. It's a choice for you to take captive those thoughts. And you know what, I'm not gonna feed that offence. You know what, when Kath walked past me in the shops, I'm not gonna sit there and think about what it is about me that she doesn't like about me, that she wouldn't stop and talk to me. It's a choice to take captive those thoughts and go, you know what, I choose to believe she didn't see me. It's a choice to believe the best about the person next to you, the person you do life with. It's a choice for you to submit your feelings to the Word of God. It's a choice for you to submit your feelings to the Word of God. It's a choice to submit your feelings to the Word of God. Feelings come, feelings go, but the Word of God stands forever. Do I feel good all the time? No. Have There days when I feel woohoo, yes. And there's days when you feel like, oh, will you just open up a hole and swallow me? But it's a choice to not let feelings dictate to you. We are not led by feelings. The Word says that those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Not those who are led by their feelings. It's a choice to submit my feelings to the Word of God. It's a choice for me to hand over and surrender my uh, offence. It's a choice for me to believe. What does God say about me? I don't care what the teacher said about you. You'll amount to nothing. I don't care if your parents told you that you weren't planned, that they wish you weren't. It doesn't matter what somebody has said to you. What matters is what God has said about you. And God has said, He has knit you together. He has performed you. His hand is upon you. He has chosen you. It's a choice. Can I tell you something? I know from personal experience but also from just having to do and deal with people's lives, that even if you eventuate with the head, it doesn't satisfy. You cannot tell me that that daughter, when she walked back with the head, was like, "Woohoo! won the lottery. And you know what? Sometimes we feel, but you know what? If I'm vindicated if I'm justified, if I'm proven that I was right, we feel that what happens is we'll feel better about it. And this is what I felt God say. He said, don't settle for a head on the platter when you can have half the kingdom. I find personally in my life and when dealing with others, sometimes we spend a lot of our time saying, God, get them, God, smite them, God, pay them back for what they've done. God, let people know. What they did was wrong. Let me be seen as being right. But you know what? I find God says to me, you know what? I've got half the, up to half the kingdom, Kath, is yours. Why are you asking for revenge? Why are you asking for vindication when you can ask me for peace? You can ask me for joy. You can ask me for strength. You can ask me for courage to continue to walk out. You can ask me for resource. You can ask me for the strength to be able to take what's happened to you and turn it around for good. You know, that thing that was done to you was bad. It was violent. It was ugly. It wasn't of me. But you can take that, half the kingdom, and you can use that so that others will never experience the same. It's up to you. I'm telling you, the head does not satisfy and we as believers have to get to that place. where We go, you know what, God, not my will, but yours be done. That's what Paul was talking about this morning. Not what I want, but what do you want? And you know what God says? Half the kingdom. The fruits of the Spirit Ask. I don't want revenge. I don't want to be justified. I want your peace, God. Right now, this offence, what they did with, to me was wrong. What I'm feeling, I'm not coping with. But God, half the kingdom is your peace to come into my life. Half the kingdom is your strength to be over, able to overcome and walk it out. The head on a platter or half the kingdom. God is saying, won't you go for half the kingdom? Ask God healing ask him for the wisdom ask him for the peace the joy and the strength i'm not promising you that it's going to be easy but what i can tell you again from experience and with sharing with others it's worth it the freedom the liberty and the peace and the joy that comes when you drop the baby is indescribable and i want to leave you with this because this was something that was brought to my attention When you drop a baby, not that I've had personal experience of really dropping a baby, but just imagine when you drop a you've seen a child when they hurt themselves and they scream when? When it first happens. And what's the temptation? I mean, if it's your child and they've hurt themselves, the the natural reaction is to pick them up and comfort them. Can I leave you with this warning? When you drop the baby it's not going to sit there and say, oh, okay. When you drop the baby, it is going to scream like the blazes, because you're abandoning it. And the enemy hates you. And the enemy wants to kill you. And the enemy wants to destroy you. So the enemy wants you to pick the baby up. And this is so unnatural for us, but we need to see it in, this, in the natural picture because it's a spiritual thing. When, that babe, when you drop that baby and that baby screams, this is what you've got to do. And it's against everything that is within you. But it's what is needed. Because the further you get away, the less you hear the cry. We need to be men and women who are prepared to drop the baby. Is it going to be easy? No? But is it possible? Yes. Thank you. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.